Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Welcome back to Liquid Lunch. It's me, Hugh. I don't know what happened to Lalo. She took off. She took our guests with her. But that doesn't matter because uh, Peter uh, Ratnikova. Is Ratnikov. That it? Ratnikov is here. The females add an A in the last name. Oh, is that, is that yeah. how that works? Oh, so okay. the males stay with the Ratnikov. You see it in hockey a lot. Yeah. And if you see their wives, they usually have an A at the end. Okay, interesting. Okay, mm. learn something new every day. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to be talking about uh, Bitcoin and blockchain, and it's a huge... Exciting time to be alive. Right, Exciting time to be alive. So we don't even have a game plan for this conversation, but let's just get right into it because I've been following the Bitcoin thing a little bit myself uh, for the last Bitcoin. couple of years. Is your audience familiar a little bit with Bitcoin? You know, anybody who gets my emails, I send them a link in mm. all my emails where they can get free Bitcoins every day. Oh, beautiful. Right? So, you know, they just got to click on that link and they get free Bitcoins every day. So let's talk about uh, maybe just give people an introduction to the whole blockchain Okay, you want to go uh, blockchain specifically as opposed to Bitcoin? I could. Where, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Bitcoin, of course, that was the first major blockchain uh, mm -hmm. innovation. Uh, Satoshi. So uh, got yeah, the technology rolling. behind Bitcoin would be considered blockchain, and that's definitely been the hot buzzword of 2015 and 2016. You have banks starting to uh, implement blockchain technology. But really, blockchain technology is nothing super revolutionary, if you think about it. It's just a glorified ledger. It's the protocol system that's keeping it all together. That's the real magic in the white paper. So it's a bunch of things that already existed that mm -hmm. got put together in a unique way. Right. Whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is uh, didn't actually reinvent the wheel per se, whereas he just kind of took a bunch of good things and put them together in a way. I'm not technical. I'm a conceptual kind of guy. So for the people out there that are technical, go to Andreas's page or other guys out there. They're great at explaining the technical side of Bitcoin. Or read the white paper. I actually read the white exactly. paper, Exactly. Right? So have I as well. So yeah. that's how you get the grasp. So I think the power behind the blockchain technology is the real decentralization, the peer-to-peer, -peer, yeah. and just being able to communicate. Like the internet brought us 20 years ago directly without a corporation entered before all, all the information you got radio television newspapers all were through a corporation yeah now that's nowadays you have the option to go alternate medias great stations like here we're on today you have choices now you still have the mainstream media but now there's a choice well i don't believe that bitcoin or any cryptocurrency is here to sweep the world i believe we could all coexist together i don't believe it's here bitcoin or that it's the post office was very relevant major player then the internet came mm -hmm. yes they had to get humble they have mm -hmm. to find how to reestablish themselves but the post office is still here mm -hmm. even though email is thriving i believe we're going to have this similar situation with cryptocurrency whether it be bitcoin another blockchain that takes off five ten years from now who knows but definitely bitcoin has the head start on the momentum uh, it's interesting. I mean, that's leading me to think about a whole other conversation, and that is just the level of complexity, <laughs> right, in everything, the, 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 the complexity in innovation itself, right? Like, in a sense, we're one part of one technical culture until now, and then, but now it's like, you know, even, even, even cryptocurrencies. Mm. We started with Bitcoin, and every day there's probably hundreds of new cryptocurrencies every day. 
right? So, like, uh, I see your point. Well, I see, yeah. In the future, I believe we might be talking 20 years out, however long it takes. The currency you choose to use will say as much as your personality as the clothing that you're wearing. Exactly. It will be very uh, diverse where we're heading. And it's yeah. all good things. I think it's empowering peer-to-peer. It's, if you didn't capitalize on the internet, like I was too young as an entrepreneur to actually build a business in the internet era. Mm-hmm. So I was born in the late 80s. So I didn't miss out financially, maybe you could say, but how much better is our lives because of the internet? Yeah. I believe this technology, now that it's here, people don't understand it, but people don't understand the internet, really. People don't understand electricity. It's all around us. doesn't mean we're not going to be using it daily in our lives when it becomes user-friendly to the point where you don't realize the back end. Okay, so, so tell us why you're so excited about cryptocurrencies, the blockchain. I'm so excited because, to be honest, my first job was at 11 years old. Yeah. My first business was at 12 years old. By 13 years old, whether you want to call them conspiracy theories, I, I started researching where our money comes from. Yeah. And there was a lot of disconnects I started having. I'm not going to go down that that road today, but the point of it where I was making... Central banking. It was a depressing conversation to have, though. So, of course, yeah, you get to the bottom line that central banks print everything and they're privately owned. And so we're all slaves to that. Exactly. We all wear invisible cuffs because we all trade our time, which is our most precious thing, this present moment, over and over for this. Currently, it's plastic with dead presidents, but most of it is just... Money as dead is a killer. ...in a digital screen, right? But uh, so, yeah, at 13 years old, I knew that. I remember even as a late teenager when Bush was starting to run and, like, just started paying attention to what's going on more in the world. My dad was an entrepreneur, same with my mother. And one thing he always accredited to not taking it to the next level was not being in tune with what was going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So he had great ideas. He was an entrepreneur, but he never really paid attention to the day-to-day of what's going on. And that's why he kind of, what he kind of passed to me as advice to be like, maybe pay attention to what's going around. So Bitcoin was the thing when it hit me. I was like, whoa, like, this is too good to be true. So my, my story with it was as soon as I kind of like I found out about it, the, the time when it sunk in, I went away on vacation and I never checked my phones on vacation. That's my like Zen time where I get away from the world. But my fiance is always on Instagram, Snapchat now. So I caught myself borrowing her phone once a day. Like, Let me mm-hmm. check this Bitcoin price. Mm-hmm. And when I got back, I shut down my life for three weeks. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I lost weight. My fiance thought I was losing my mind. She's like, what's wrong with this guy? I have to understand this. And at that point, I was very educated, like, like we said, where our money came from. But it was a depressing conversation to have. After, um, after the last presidency, before Barack came, the national debt got doubled single-handedly by one president. And I remember talking to people about this, but it's a depressing conversation. Who wants to talk about this scary thing that we really day-to-day have no control over? 18 trillion plus now. And then go yeah. figure that Barack Obama single-handedly managed to double that. But again, depressing conversations. Now, Bitcoin, why yeah. you ask me why I love Bitcoin? Yeah. Here's a solution that's nonviolent yeah. that we could partake day to day and it's not harming anybody and it's just letting us thrive as human beings as we do. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the uh, policymakers uh, <laughs> are, are, uh, have already complained about Bitcoin in mm-hmm. the sense that uh, uh, it is anonymous technology. Mm-hmm. It's totally decentralized. In fact, you can't control it, right? Well, that's why you hear them talking about the power switch now. If you really dig deep down, they're really considering shutting down the whole grid. But what I have to tell people about that is you have a lot more problems that are going on in this world if they shut down the grid than Bitcoin. 
you're going to be like, yeah, my Bitcoins are gone. But if all of a sudden there's no more Internet the way we know it, trust me, you're going to look out your window and you're not going to be thinking Bitcoin. But so, who's talking about shut the power switch shutting down the Internet? Well, if you dig down deep and you look into, like, again, call them conspiracy theories, what you want. If you go deep down the rabbit hole and you pay attention to alternative media, they'll show you reports that it's a viable option. They've done it in certain countries in past years, but obviously there's been rebellion. People have stepped up. I'm not going to... Well, certain countries, right, but, I mean... I'm trying to be optimistic mm. here yeah. in, in the sense that the Internet was actually built. It was a military development, mm -hmm. and they built it to be a robust network that would be kind of, uh, you w that was w by, by design, very difficult to take out completely because it's No, but that's what I mean. That, that's why they say the power. It's not yeah. the internet you take now. You take oh, out the inter all power. All the electricity. Yeah. yeah. And then, that's but why we have to get off grid as But that's what I mean. Possible. If that happens, again, yeah. if that's the only way that Bitcoin is going to go away, yeah. And that happens, trust yeah. me, like I said, you're not going to wake up and go, oh, my Bitcoin. You're going to yeah. say, wow, the world is over as we know it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, or yeah. until they, whatever happens, there'll be chaos in the yeah, streets yeah. and Bitcoin won't be a concern. So, so hopefully uh, that won't happen. Yeah, my, my, more, my more major concern in the field would be, is just like the Internet, you have the Internet is decentralized, nobody owns it. We yeah. have all these central companies. So right now in the early stages in the infrastructure of Bitcoin, you have the similarity where you have all these um, companies forming on a decentralized network, but they're actually centralized, whether they be Coinbase, BitPay, the leading industry in accepting payments, all the above. Government, they have CEOs, they have buildings. Right now when the government chooses, you know what? We're playing around with a little a few billion dollar infrastructure. Once we start getting into the 100 billion plus, that's when you're going to see them say, okay, you know what? We can't have this hit the T. So they're going to start shutting down. But as the world is blessing us, we have decentralized businesses starting on the network. So you have multiple companies and platforms that are forming from exchanges, things like Open Bazaar being built, Arcade City being worked on. There are eventually, by the time they actually start shutting this all down, there'll be nothing to shut down. It'll be just like a bunch of BitTorrents. So right now, the if there is an issue when we're talking about the the elite, and I have no problem with financially elite people. I think there's some of the greatest people in the world are very wealthy. But the people that I think we're speaking about the same conversation, they're no longer addicted to money. They're mm -hmm. addicted to power. Mm -hmm. They think they mm -hmm. should make the decisions for whatever reason that, that you know, know and it's not about people. money. They have yeah. all the money. They have the printing presses to their disposals. Mm -hmm. So it can't be about the money anymore, right? It's, it's something else. So, again, very exciting times to be alive. I'm very happy to be part of this movement, just day-to-day -day seeing what's going on there. And, and I didn't even realize, you kind of take it for granted being in the moment, not yeah. only the timing, where we are here in Toronto. Yeah. It is such a beautiful place. Like, this is one of the world leaders from what I, from understanding in the whole blockchain field. Whether it be um, Decentral, the whole movement, you have Anthony pushing great. We have a huge he's blockchain now the, conference. He's now the C, uh, That's where I was CIO going of the TD. Toronto Stock Exchange, Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. So we're looking to be, and I know actually Canada's one of the leaders where if you are changing too much crypto to fiat and not paying taxes, they will come after you. We're one of the leaders in the world at that, and it's happening less, but I know in the early trading days when people just got into it, it was so easy to track, people actually... You could talk to Anthony about that. He'll tell you about people that actually got locked up in Canada. Maybe nothing long-term, and I'm sure they got out and it was all good. But that's even happened here. So it's, it's a pro to be, even though, like the post office, back to the post office thing. Yeah. They're, they're, here, they're not going to go away, in my opinion. They may have to all of a sudden, imagine a world where it's like if you support the war on drugs, that's this mm -hmm. more American terminology, but just so people could relate, and you have to pay for it out of pocket. 
It wasn't just getting printed and you had to just deal with the consequences. They knocked on your door and said, tink, 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 war on drugs. That would be $1,000. Or you support the war on terrorism, that's another $8,000. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end there. Next year they come around, tink, 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 you still support the war on drugs? That would be another $1,000. Oh, inflation, sorry, 1200 mm-hmm. And the war on terrorism is now 8800 How long does that still have a budget? So when we go to a financial system that makes sense, where it's transparent, and that's what the millennials are going to do. The new age... The one word I would use for millennials is transparency. If you have something that looks fishy, we can't feel it out, we don't want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. If you're a transparent, open book, which all this technology, open source, it's great. If it's not the people working on it, let Uber take Arcade City's plan and implement it and Mm -hmm. only take 2 to 8% fees Mm -hmm. instead of 20 to 25 Mm -hmm. and not have these uh, corporations be able to just slash 40% in wages. If they want to take on that model, great. I'll support Uber. That's the great thing. So if it's not Arcade City, someone's going to take the model, take a marketing engine behind it, and push these movements. And that's the exciting point we're at. ATMs opening all over the world. People are waking up. Alternative media. Very blessed to be here speaking with everybody. Thank you very much for taking the time to partake in our conversation. If you're new to this space, I highly recommend digging deeper, do lots of research. There's lots of people, whether you want to study the history of currency, government, any of the above. Those are all great places to go to get a better understanding of the whole movement. Okay. So let me ask you a couple specific questions. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, um, well, just a couple things about that. So the Canadian government and the U.S., I think, too, now they're looking at cryptocurrencies or as uh, assets, right? Exactly, almost like a so, stock. So you take it, you, you mm. convert your crypto to uh, Canadian dollars. What's your uh, uh, capital gain or loss, and you're taxed on that? That's exactly. still not too bad, right? That's that's a probably good deal. the best way that's to do it, deal. actually, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it's probably the only way they can actually keep track of it, right? Mm. But once you you're doing 100% trading in Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Guess who doesn't have any uh, no, zero knowledge of, of all that, right? Okay, so these specific questions. I want to ask you about uh, about uh, something that I just heard recently called OneCoin. Have you heard <laughs> about OneCoin? I'm interested oh, in your thoughts about that. I'm actually, so uh, disclaimer, I was born in Russia, Moscow specifically, so... Well, uh, they're from Bulgaria, though, aren't they? Or- uh, I... I- same part of the world, whether Nigeria and, or a different part of Africa or okay. Russia, those are the right. two warning zones. I'm, there's right. great businesses that come out of Russia and Nigeria, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. But when something seems fishy, too good to be true, and then it's also from that part of the world, fire bells. If somebody's calling you from that part of the world, if you're getting email blasts, just be cautious. There's definitely opportunity and great things everywhere. But So right away when I seen that, I was like, okay keep doing the research well it's not really a cryptocurrency it's not a decentralized cryptocurrency it's a private blockchain that's essentially no different to me than the federal reserve system but how can it be a private blockchain well for example have you heard of the company toronto gold i've heard of big gold big gold sorry yeah sorry and yeah my mistake uh they're affiliated with a huge conglomerate but they have a blockchain that's not actually open to the public. It's a, it's a private blockchain that they control, but they testify to that they're going to keep everything is going to be maybe not open to the public. I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but they have a way that they, they're going to be able to prove to people that they're not manipulating the internal blockchain. Right. So it's not actually open to the public to see. So it's using the blockchain technology is kind of like the banks are doing. Yeah, They're looking to... Uh, Get the, the part of Bitcoin that's all great. They're looking to 
not have it so decentralized. Let's privatize the blockchain and um, let's um, not let's put a bunch of fees. Let's not get into this no fee service. You know, so it kind of just reminds me of what we have today. So why even implement the blockchain you know technology? That reminds me of. I don't know if you remember in the early days of the internet. Of course, all the content providers mm -hmm. who were used to, uh, uh, you know, they were used to uh, having people like it, it wasn't a pull. Right? Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, broadcast is all push, right? Mm -hmm. But then they tried to counter the actual fundamental architecture of the internet by trying to create something called push technology, where, you know, but the internet just doesn't work that way. And it sounds mm -hmm. like these guys are trying to do the same with this blockchain. They're just think, going to, trying to use the new technology with the old mindset. Well, the example I like to use is think 30 years from now, mm -hmm. there's going to be an 18-year-old that's born 12 years today. Yeah. And we're still, with the way healthcare is going, we're going to be alive and thriving, everyone in this room and tons of people. What system is that person going to partake in? 30 years from now, 12 years today, someone's born, they'll be 18. Are they going to, when they could just play all their gaming, whatever, whatever tech we're in, they could just interact peer-to-peer, -peer, decentralized, have all these accounts, and all of a sudden they hit, what, 14, 16, when do we open accounts? 12. Yeah. And they go, look, you can partake in the system. It's open 9 till 5. Yeah. You pay a bunch of service fees. Right. And, like, people are already right now waking up to it. So I could only imagine three decades from now. Okay. So for me as an entrepreneur, it's seeing the end game. There's no point of building businesses and working on things that are not going to be existent. So you've got to be in tune of what's going on so you could build businesses and work towards goals that are going to exist in the new world. Okay. So I want to ask you, too, about uh, Ethereum. I have a T-shirt, mm -hmm. an Ethereum mm -hmm. T-shirt. Um, I first encountered those guys at the Bitcoin conference in Toronto two years ago. Um, and what they were saying at the time was, okay, if Bitcoin is like the gold, mm -hmm. blockchain gold, then Ethereum is like uh, blockchain oil. And I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> But you mentioned before we came on that you're even doing Ethereum mining. Can you tell us about Ethereum? What the heck is it and what can you do with it and why would we? So the difference I like explaining is Bitcoin is a very simple computer language. If we rewind a bit, what is the issue that Bitcoin solved? It made something digitally rare. Before Bitcoin, everything that was digitally rare was able to be hackable, copied somehow. So the issue that Bitcoin solved was making something digitally rare. But the computer language is very simple. It's made to make basic mathematic transactions. So you could do banking, things of that nature. You're going to have things for, till this day, if you buy a Rolex, you have a piece of paper with an old man's signature and another old man verifying it when you pass it on. That doesn't seem logical where we're heading. You're going to have a blockchain encrypted technology that they're going to pass on to owner to owner, and that's going to verify the authenticity. The title so of the, things like that, yeah. Bitcoin is going to still be able to do because the computer language in that is very basic. But the Internet of Things, people always talk about, and we've seen these futuristic movies, what is actually powering that? So Bitcoin is going to have a very, very hard time scaling to that level. Because it's really just a ledger. It's, it's a basic computer language ledger. So now where Ethereum came in is why they call it 2.0, the oil, whatever you want to call it. And they're made to coexist, not to be competitors. Right. That's why they use those parallels, is because the computer language is super complex. You can make... You can make smart contracts, interact with each other on top of interact with each other, or people understand use cases. So, for example, what Uber's goal is, why I'm not a big supporter of Uber, even though I love the peer-to-peer -peer factor, et cetera, et cetera. 
minus the 25% tariff, is their end goal is actually not to have any employees. When unautonomous cars go legal, they want to launch the world's first unautonomous cars. So the field that I work in is decentralized unautonomous organization. The DAO, which is something on the Ethereum we won't get into today, but lots of research out there as well. Having its difficulties right now, everything in the early stages. You mean Ethereum? Is on Ethereum, they launched a yeah. platform called DAO. So let's keep it to Ethereum for now. So Ethereum... Computer language is very complex, so you'd be able to program the car to be able to just accept cryptocurrency from the customer, have the computer language, drive it wherever it needs to go, all be self-programmed, and then it would get gas itself daily based on the programming of the smart contracts in there. It would even know to hit a lease dealership every three months, and it would save enough money that in four or six years of its end life, it would buy another car. So you can launch all this already on the Ethereum's language through their smart contracts. So this is where why they say it's the oil, where you can build platforms off of Ethereum, where Bitcoin is more made to be um, a safe haven, a ledger, like, like gold as they refer to it. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. where I see it, where we compare everything to the U.S. dollar, mm -hmm. in the crypto world, I believe all these worlds are going to coexist together. Mm -hmm. So I believe in the crypto world, which it already is, you're going to just, when it goes mainstream, Bitcoin will just be like the U.S. dollar is now in the sense of people won't necessarily have to use it globally, but they'll always refer to it like a like reference standard. standard exactly yeah. exactly okay so um i know you have to get going here pretty soon but let me ask you um just to kind of maybe give us let's uh put ourselves in the world 30 years from now okay you know, with everything that you know about the cryptocurrencies the blockchain and okay. everything you just said about ethereum and what's possible what's the world going to look like in 30 years well I study many fields, so I, I we're headed to augmented reality much faster than people think. Like if I if you told somebody 20 years ago that your grandma and your mom and dad was gonna walk around like this and stare at a device like this, they would put you in an insane asylum. If 20 years ago you portrayed a world like today, people don't want to talk about. All we're missing is the flying cars. You see people in those scooters standing up, all kind of things going on in the streets. So this all of a sudden is now the norm. So how is it far-fetched to think that when we have these nanotechnologies existing, imagine you could have the screen in your peripheral vision. That's something we've lost over the years. We needed it to survive. It's in our primal instincts, but we've kind of just, it's one of those things where if you don't use it, it goes away. So imagine we have augmented reality and the, you could have, I could be on my Facebook feed right now in the middle of this interview, <clears throat> pulling up data to make mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. anything I, you know, any stat I want to use, I don't know. I could literally, in my, and nobody else has seen it. And then you have smart walls and smart technology technology coming so it's like oh do you want to see what's in my augmented life i'll put it on this wall and we could share my experience if we choose to you're not going to infringe on people or force it but you probably don't to... even need a wall right you could just yeah share by it then on, you probably uh... don't even need a wall. this is i'm talking about probably a decade I mean... or two out right now so yeah 30 years from now i think we're just gonna transgress human beings as we know now like as they say like what one human being can or cannot do now it would take 10,000 people 100 years ago so I think multiply that again 30 years from now the amount the capabilities one human being will be able to do is going to be is going to be not fathomable by today's day-to-day -day life but doesn't mean that most people are going to be capitalizing on that. Look at how much a human being could do now. How many of us just stare into the programming tomb and don't take massive action? So all the resources are there, but like anything else, there'll be people that choose to just kind of sit back and do nothing with it, and there'll be people that cap capitalize to the extreme and everything in between. 700 quant lose that the newcomers will need to be destroyed. <laughs> um, 
it, it you know that you're raising a whole bunch of to me that raises a whole bunch of issues mm-hmm. like uh like beyond all the benefits of cryptocurrencies even and that is like i mean it almost leads us to questions like you know what's the meaning of human life anyway mm-hmm. right like maybe we uh so yeah so we got all that stuff are our lives really better are people any happier is there going to be a big uh reaction by large segments of the population who want to go and live on the land rather than deal with all this technology? I think I'm very optimistic, so sometimes people always tell me I'm the wrong person to ask, but I think we're headed to a place of actually a utopia where we have all this technology. If you read like Lao Tzu, Tao Te Ching, Taoism, and study it, they get into the simplicity of life. And I believe that where we're headed is having all these resources but not needing to abuse them. Mm-hmm. It's just something we have access to. When we want to do good, we could do that much more good. But it's not going to be something we obsess about like we do now. Like people always think that we're going to have our day-to-day habits with this new world we're headed. Mm-hmm. It's, we're not going to head there if we don't keep consciously – like. T- 25 years ago, if you went for a jog on the streets, people thought you were nuts. They were like, what's wrong with this person? Now it's day. You can't wake up at dawn and not see joggers. Right now that's happening with meditation and alternative kinds of spirituality. If you talked about that stuff even 5, 10 years ago, you were considered loony. Mm-hmm. Now it's becoming normal. I'm going to small towns in all across Ontario where there's maybe populations of 10,000. I'm seeing a yoga center. I'm like, what's going on? People are waking up. People are tapping into other, And I don't believe it's one thing or the other. I think it's whatever works for you. Take the best of everything. Like when I just started digging deeper, I was going to mosques, all kind of different Christian, Catholic churches, and taking the best of everything. I don't mm-hmm. put a title on myself, mm-hmm. right? I definitely believe in something. I don't know what that something is. But it's like if you live a good life, you don't infringe on anybody, hey, the universe just kind of does the same back, right? Okay. Live a free lifestyle with no restrictions, without infringing on anything. That's my motto. All right. Okay, Peter. This has been a great conversation. Appreciate, uh, it, appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. Thanks for coming in. And I don't know, if is there any contact info you want to give yeah, out? Yeah, I'll just spell out my name. I'm all over social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'll be starting uh, my YouTube page down the road. I'm also a DJ. I might as well throw the logo. DJ PZ, four E's. Or my personal name is Peter Ratnikov. Peter Common Sense, Ratnikov, R. A-T-N-I-K-O-V, R-A-T-N-I-K-O-V. Like I said, it's straight up on Twitter, LinkedIn. All my platforms are open. I love connecting with people globally, locally. If I can help you with anything around the world, please. I'm really very privileged to live in this part of the globe. And any way we can reach out, help out, please don't be shy. Send me a direct message. I respond to everybody. My email is the same, full name, at gmail.com. Okay, awesome, Peter. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. All right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back, I think... Barry Brown's coming on. I think we're going to have that conversation about war because they're back. So we'll be right back here at thatchannel.com. Perfect.